Hello, hello. The mentions are back once again. This week, we have uh, a skeleton crew. We have Mayor Matt Santini. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. I don't think any of us resemble skeletons, though. <laughs> well, you know, hey, mm-hmm. we, can, uh, <laughs> we can always hope. And uh, that mm-hmm was uh, a long-time mensch. And non-recently, John in Miami. How you doing, Johnny? It's hot. I'm sweating. <laughs> you know? I'm right there with you. It was kind of funny. I, 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 I went away over Memorial Day weekend, went up to Niagara Falls to, kids just wanted to, they, they liked the falls. They wanted to go up there. Um, and it was like mid seventies, like nice and warm, but not too warm. And I got back and all my friends were like, my God, it was nineties when you were gone. I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. I missed the, the first weekend of ridiculous weather because so humid in New York that we get a, uh, the summers can be killer. Not that they're not also in Florida or, or down in Georgia either, but uh, I was sort of excited that like, yeah, we got away to a nice, normal sort of good temperature without going too crazy. Today's the first day of uh, hurricane season down here. Ooh, wow. Well, uh, let's hope Miami uh, gets a light season on that. Fingers crossed. All right. So we're going to kick it off with, uh, w- with some topics. We're going to start by going out to uh, Mayor Matt, and he's going to throw a couple out for us that we think we're going to be kind of interesting. Well, before we get to any, it is a topic, but I would like to address the show on Tuesday in the first hour, talked about the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson uh, fantasy football slap and the aftermath of that and what led up to it. And it involved probably bending some rules or changing some rules or misapplication of the rules. And I wanted to put this on the front burner very much like Jock Peterson did, although I'm not doing anything tongue in cheek. And, you know, and John, you were in the league as well. We were in a fantasy football league last fall. And the stakes were, if you came in last place, you had to put on a Nacho Libre costume and do an NFL combine style workout, record it and put it online. I was of the bottom two teams. Unfortunately, I came in ninth and not 10th. The person who did come in 10th says they're going to pay that off. They haven't done that yet. But what happened was uh, Ant and Juju were towards the top of this. They were in the playoffs. The bottom two teams did not make the playoffs. And so for those last few weeks, I had a team that wasn't participating in anything. And in my effort to be a Billy Gill, agent of chaos, what I decided to do with the playoffs beginning is I decided just to release my entire team and put them all on the waiver wire instead of letting them sit dormant. This was not met with the comedic value that I would have hoped it would have. It angered uh, our, our good friend and godfather Juju Gotti to no end. And in retrospect, it was a jerk move. And I'm sorry for that. And I hope that when I ever do get to meet Juju, that he doesn't pull a Tommy Pham and slap me across the face. But it is a heartfelt, I'm sorry. And I will not do that again if we're all in that same league again. And I, you have my solemn promise on that. And you, I mean, I'm an elected official. You got to trust every word out of my mouth. <laughs> well, what I would say is I didn't care for the move personally. At the same time, there was nothing illegal about what you did because it wasn't explicitly said, by the way, you can't do this crap. Um, now, so I think it then requires tightening of the rules. It's a learning experience for next year. 
for whoever is in the bottom two not to do that. I'm assuming we'll amend the rules, at least gentlemanly between us to say, hey, yeah, don't do this. Um, you know, and in the end, I think John picked up one of the guys and because he did, the guy he started would have actually made him win the game instead of losing the game because he would have scored more points, right? Nope. No, that's that's wrong. So the so this happened, and um, when this happened, everybody snatched. I I didn't snatch up anybody on the first week. I think there was two weeks. I didn't snatch up anybody, and Juju was snatching up people left and right. If I remember correctly, he, he snatched up a people because his 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 um thinking was I didn't want other people to get them, and I didn't I didn't get I I didn't get anybody till the the finals. At which point I was like, well, if everybody has somebody, I I should get somebody. And then the person I got was was basically a, um, and and who I started nullified. There were it was um, AJ Brown, wasn't it? I think so, and it was on par with with yeah. whoever I would have started. Uh, my my wide uh, who was it? I forget who who um, who I had on the team at that point that I subbed for him. But it was ne- negligible. It was uh, uh, you know plus or minus maybe a point one way or the other, and I lost in the finals. Uh, not by one point. I'll just put it. I'll leave it at that. Well, again, I'm sorry. Please don't slap me, Juju. I would like to just throw out. I was so disappointed you finished ninth and not tenth. And I'm sorry to say that, Mary, but I got to be honest. I really wanted to see you in a Nacho Libre costume. Well, and for the right price, uh, maybe we can make that happen. Baby. So I'm going to throw out a topic here. I don't know if any of uh, you all out there are catching any of the Gojo show. Um, recently, I think two episodes back, Stu Gotts joined um, Michael Jr. and Brandon on, on their podcast. And they had a couple of topics there that Stu brought up that I thought was quite interesting for us to speak of over here. One of them was, what celebrity's house would you overpay for? If you knew someone was selling their house, is there anybody you would say, yeah, I'd, I'd pay. And now obviously Stu was talking about, I'd pay $5 million instead of $4 million, or I'd pay Six million instead of three million. Obviously, those are probably not the numbers we're working with here, but I thought it was still an interesting question. Is there a celebrities either in sports or out of sports whose house you would overpay for specifically because that person owned the home? Not even trying to keep memorabilia or anything from them, just to say, I own person X's house. So I'm going to go to you, Mayor. Is there anybody whose house you would like to own? or that you could find yourself overpaying for on some level? I love this topic. And I'm going to hold this baseball up right here for you, and it's going to apply. That is Bobby Cox, Hall of Famer. Got an autographed baseball right here on my desk at the house. He, um, if you hadn't known, he'd had a, he's had some health issues over the last several years, and he has a farm up here actually north of, of Cartersville, and it's actually gone on the market. Now, let's not get it twisted. It is well out of my price range. However, I would pay extra money to have the living space that was or is currently one of Bobby Cox's properties because it's a it's in Bartow County. B I'm a big fan of Bobby Cox. He's, you know, not not perfect like all of us, but he's got a beautiful piece of property. He's got a ranch. He's got all 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 kinds of farmland and it's absolutely gorgeous. I would overpay for that even though at the current price or probably half price I still wouldn't be able to afford it, but that is it. Now, on the opposite side of that, there's certain properties I would never want to own. And that would be, I would, I would never own a house that was previously owned by either a drug lord or a porn star. Mm-hmm. Safety and cleanliness. 
Can't do it. You, there's not water hot enough to scrub out whatever's in those walls and on the floors. Well, there's probably money in some of those walls. So what about you, John? You got anybody you'd, uh, you can't wait to own a home? You know, Billy Gill, Roy. No, I would, like I was, I was trying to, I was scratching my head on this one and thinking what sports personality. And I, I, I guess I would just go based on recency bias but that, but it wouldn't be the first. The first thing that came to my head wasn't a sports personality; it was a different celebrity. But I'll, I'll give you the sports, and then if you want the celebrity, I'll give you that one too. I guess I, I would go maybe with um, Dwayne Wade's place because I've seen it in in some of the uh, videos that that they've shot, like uh, you know, on Bally Sports or something, where they you know it looks like a beautiful house. And and secondly, you know, it's Dwayne Wade. He's, he's probably the guy who, who's led to the most amount of fandom for me down here. I'm not I'm not a fanatic by any means. I'm probably of all of us on in this. Um, hour after hours group i'm probably the least fanatical about about sports i like to play them more than i wa- like to, to watch them now the first guy who came to mind was um robert guillaume i would i would pay uh handsomely to have uh robert guillaume's house benson and exactly yeah. right and that's <laughs> and that's the reason growing up benson was one of my favorite comedies like comedy shows and I, I know that it was a spinoff of soap, but I think soap came a little earlier before my time. And uh, so I just jumped with both feet into, into uh, Benson and um, three of us are I, trending young on this one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody look him up. Great actor. I think he was a singer. He was, um, you know, uh, it was fantastic. He was, I, I, I in some way I, I looked up to him, the, the character that he played, it was, was witty. He would always have comebacks and I, I found it hysterical. And I don't know, in my head, there's Robert Guillaume, uh, just stuck out as soon as you said it, I said, oh, not just for the, the comedic aspect of saying Robert Guillaume, but looking back on my, you know, when I was a kid, it, it, that show was, you know, all those shows around that time. Uh, Harry Anderson's another guy, you know, who was in night court and, and uh, you know, was on cheers and that stuff. So not so much sports, but, but some celebrities. Yeah. I, I could see myself overpaying if I had the means. I love Harry Anderson. You know, they're rebooting night court. I heard about that. And yeah. I even heard that the, was the actor who played the um kind of the Martin uh, Moe? That was Bull. John Larroquette. Bull. John Larroquette. John Larroquette. That he he might have some some role in it. I think. Wow. But I, I used to love that. My kid just came home from Scouts, and uh, Night Court was on the day and time that Night Court would come on. And luckily, we had a VCR, so I could record Night Court, and then I could watch it. Well, to continue us on this old trend, I just like to say. Night Court, one of my favorite shows, and Benson, also another one of my favorite shows. But for me, Sports Star would be something owned by Dave Winfield. He was my favorite player growing up. Um, again, trending young since he hasn't played in 27 years, but he was my favorite player growing up. Um, I really always just loved him. I loved the way he played right field, the arm, you know, especially growing up where, like in Little League, you always stuck the idiot in right field. And I always looked at, no, look, look, like in the majors, like some of the best outfielders are in right field. They have, gu- they have really big arms. Dave Parker, Jesse Barfield, Dave Winfield. You can, I could continue down to list and, and name about 20 more. So I always sort of liked Winfield. So owning a home owned by him, I would really love. Drafted um, in three sports. Yes, drafted in three sports and, and <laughs> very much so. Yeah, he was a he was about the shoulder width of me and you together, Mayor. And neither <laughs> of us are necessarily 
not white people. He was just a Adonis is the wrong way to say it, but he was just, you know, broad shouldered, big guy, et cetera. So um, he was Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson. Yes, that is true. And then if I went non-sports, I don't know if there's one necessary non-sports that I would go for. You know, I love the show Seinfeld again, skewing young. Um, and, you know, I always remember his apartment that he lived in at the same time. I've got a wife and kids. And so a one bedroom on the upper, you know, on the upper west side is not going to do a damn thing for me. So that's more nostalgia pick than actually wanting to say I own that apartment at the same time. I think it would be cool to say you own that apartment for what it meant to, you know, a time in the culture with, with, with all the years they did that. The next topic I'd like to throw out there that they also, that Stu also brought up, A on Levitar, but then also on Gojo, is the game Never Have I Ever, where basically you ask the question. Now, for me, Northeast, this was a drinking game in college where you would say something and anybody who had done it would have to take a drink. Um, obviously, they're not doing that on Levitar or Gojo. They're just raising their hands and explaining their story or whatever. But the question I wanted to throw out that they threw out was, Never have I ever thrown a drink in someone's face. And so I'd like to ask you guys, have you ever been so mad or ticked off or whatever that you've thrown a drink in someone's face? And do you feel regretful that you did it? Do you feel disrespectful compared to other things you could have done? And I just like to hear if, uh, if you've ever done that. I'll start. I've, I've never done that. I'm, I'm kind of a risk like a risk averse person and don't like uh, confrontation too much. That's not to say that certainly that and other things haven't crossed my mind, uh, you know, like getting, especially after the fact, when you start to ruminate about it and you're like, man, I wish I would have stumped that guy or, or what have you. But no, I, I can't say, I can't say I, I have, but certainly probably have wanted to do uh, that and worse. How about you, Mayor? Have you ever had a drink thrown in your face? No, I don't think so. Never had it. Well, Ant, you, you said that you have. So give us a story there and then I'll tell you, I'll break into my version of what I'm going to answer, how I'm going to answer that. No, no, no. In fact, I've actually never thrown a drink in anyone's face, um, nor have I had a drink thrown in mine. I would actually argue it is sort of hugely disrespectful because in some ways it's passive aggressive, at least in my opinion. But when we get to the second part of my question, there will be an affirmative to I have done that. So okay. you go ahead, Mayor. Well, I, I have never thrown a drink in anybody's face. I have never had a drink thrown in my face. I've probably deserved it several times. I will deviate and tell you probably one of the most hideous things I've ever done in my life. I don't know that I'm necessarily proud of it, necessarily proud of it, but it was in high school and this person probably still doesn't know. And I doubt they're listening, but I'm not going to, I'll leave names out of it. I will just suffice to say that this person misrepresented me to my junior prom date, uh, who's a very good friend of mine, and it ruined the junior prom date. Well, it just so happened that we were on the same football team, and I obtained access to his locker, and I proceeded to clean certain parts of my body with his toothbrush and put it back in there. Mm. So... That's probably the, again, I'm not standing ovation, man. I'm not necessarily proud of that. I can't believe I'm sharing this on a podcast. I am after all an elected official. Don't worry. Nobody the, listens. The statute of limitations is up on that. And he certainly deserved it for the way that he misrepresented me relative to my, my junior prom date. I thought you were going icy hot and jockstrap 
or, or something like that? It was a little bit worse than that. Wow. So the second part or the B part of the question is, have you ever punched someone in the face? I'll, I'll start also because uh, it's a short answer. No. But again, it certainly it certainly has run through my through my mind where there's probably countless of numbers of of people that I've met that I've wanted to do that, and certainly there's maybe hundreds, if not thousands, of people that that I haven't met that I've just seen, you know, uh, out in the Twitter sphere or in the media or whatever that I've wanted to do, you know, wanted to punch them in the face. But no, in short, I have. I'll tell you the last time I punched somebody. It was in college, and my wife's roommate had a boyfriend who she had dated with quite a while, and he would drink a little too much and would get a little bit, I would say, abusive. And she came home one night, you know, closed the door, and he's right behind me, and she had him locked out so she can get away from him. And he was, you know, knocking on the door, don't let him in, don't let him in. And then he started whining, and she decided to let him in. Well, once she cracked the door open, he, you know, he busted it open and she kind of moved back in a way. And I, I stepped in and, you know, stopped him from proceeding. And I said, you know, she wants you to leave. She's telling you to leave. And my girlfriend, who is now my wife, said something. And he said, uh, shut up and called her a name. And in reaction to that, I hit him and he hit the floor. That a boy. And that's the last time I've punched. I've, I'm not a instigator, but I'm not going to be a victim and I'm going to protect those around me. So that, that was the last time I've punched somebody. That was a good 30 years ago. And I hope I never have to punch anybody again, but if, if I have to, I've evidently I hit pretty well. Cause again, he's a, he was a, he was about my size and uh, dropped him like a sack of potatoes. Two hits. You hit him. He hits the floor. That's right. <laughs> well, good on you, Matt. Cause it seems like you stood up for uh, not just your girlfriend, not wife, but also her roommate. Um, my story is a little foggy because it happened while I was drunk. Um, but this guy was just, it was also in college. This guy was just jabbing and running his mouth and like had a ton to say to me or the people we were with. And it was just like, open. I was just like, dude, just shut up. He's like, why? Cause I'm asking you not like, it was something like I'm asking you not to shut up. Cause I didn't necessarily want to get anywhere because Despite the fact that I'm probably verbally willing to do a lot, I also know I'm, you know, average height, average weight, not necessarily the strongest, you know, guy around, but he just wouldn't stop. And so at one point, me and him were sort of face to face outside. I don't know. I punched him, probably didn't hit him clean um, because he stumbled, but then he came at me. And after like, you know, 20 seconds of us smacking each other, rolling around on the ground, we were both like, dead tired and sort of separated <laughs> by our friends and walked away because it was like one of those like stupid fights, you know, how many but, timeouts do we get? <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, it, it wasn't anything I would say I was proud of necessarily because I probably should have just not cared, but alcohol will do that to you. It'll give you some beer muscles. Um, and you know, I just sort of had enough of, this guy just like not being able to, and I don't remember what he was running his mouth about. I don't know if it was like the game that was on or what we were set. Like it was, and we were a mixed crowd. I was just like, dude, just come on, just fuck it. Drink your beers and stay over there. What the, what the hell? Like, you know, what do you get? I've been scenario? Robert Guillaume. <laughs> no. about Robert Guillaume. If he bad mouths Robert Guillaume, then, then I may be able, I may punch somebody in the face. I, I do have a pretty good line that I would like to use uh, one day. And I got it from, 
a guy, a friend of mine uh, who works with me at the radio station, who's actually used to work with Big O down in Miami. And when he was at the U, uh, he was at a baseball game and this guy was just causing all kinds of trouble, wouldn't keep his mouth shut. And they started going back and forth and uh, he had finally had enough. And he turned around him and he said, if you don't shut up, the next thing that's going to come out of your mouth is going to be your teeth. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a good line right there. So I I hope to use that one day. And well, I guess you got to hope that the person that does that uh, doesn't want to cash that check. Cause I I don't know. I'm I'm not quite as young as I used to be. No, but you've been working out. You can, you know, what you can do is that line will probably come in, come in handy when you're in your eighties or nineties, when, when old people's teeth are coming out of their heads anyways. (laughs) The guy's going to go, oh, yeah, well, how about this? And he just pops yeah. out his teeth and sets them on the counter. Bingo. Exactly. Just got to make sure he doesn't Eat have, cauli- make sure he doesn't have cauliflower you ears. You know, you don't mess with the guys that have the cauliflower ears because they, they're they the, the ex-wrestlers, and they'll wear you out. It doesn't matter if they're a buck ten. They will just totally yep. rock your world. I, I don't know. When the guy pulls out his teeth and puts it on the table, you grab it, smash on the ground, and, and stomp on it and say, yeah, now go buy new teeth. I don't know. Not if he has cauliflower ears or a <laughs> neck tattoo. That That's my rule of thumb. No, uh, neck tattoo, absolutely. Neck tattoos don't necessarily bother me. Or, or tattoos anywhere, like on, like on an elbow or a knee. And not because I have them, but because I've heard those are like places where they, they the tattoo hurts so much. Neck I, or face. I just, I'm like, okay, that's just de facto a guy who loves pain. And punching that guy in the face may give him some joy. I'm not, I'm not even going to mess with that guy. So that's what I got, Mayor. So let's go back to you for your next topic. Well, let, let's go back to some top fives because there's, there were some top five discussions that were kind of motivating this week. And on Tuesday's Big Suey, they were having a conversation. I can't not, totally remember the context of it, but Marsh Schott's name came up. And they said, rest in peace. And then they're like, well, you know, and of course, if you don't know, Marge Schott was the former owner of the Reds. She was a collector of Nazi paraphernalia. She treated her players absolutely horribly. They got into a discussion about Don Sterling and it was basically, they said, rest in peace. And they're like, well, no, maybe not. So it got me to thinking that if we would come up with a list that was a rest in peace, not really, I think that was a poll question that they added, but rest in peace. So I've got the top five rest in peace, not really. Now, some of these people are living and some of these are not, some of them are, uh, are tongue in cheek and comedic and others are not nearly as much. Uh, on the outside looking in, I have uh, rest in peace, not really. All Knicks fans, with the exception of Ant. Mm-hmm. Number five is Jim Layritz. And Jim Layritz didn't do anything wrong in his life other than hit a really big home run to turn around a World Series against the Braves, and I still haven't gotten over that. Well, uh, to be fair, he did do some wrong things in his life, but well, he, that's he a did, whole well, it, maybe on top of that as well. But that's <laughs> anything he's done horribly, I'm going to, well, I'm not going to say that. Just add that to the list, the home run against the Braves that, that really broke the Braves' heart in that one particular World Series. Uh, number four is Kent Herbeck, who was the first baseman for the Minnesota Twins, who famously pulled Ron Gant off of first base during a World Series game as Gant was going back into first base, and he got away with it. He pulled him off the bag and tagged him, and the umpire still called him out, even though that was horribly against the rules. Uh, not as bad as taking three points off of a basketball team score 10 minutes after it happened, even though nobody said anything about it. But just I took digress. my recency bias one. Number three is Jerry Sandusky, not the play-by-play announcer for the Baltimore Ravens, who unfortunately shares the same name as the former Penn State coach who did some horrible things that we don't want to talk about. Number two, it's not Christmas. It is Marge Schott. And number one I have is Adolf Hitler for rest in peace, not really. 
So a mixture of comedic and some, some rather real and heavy things. But that's my top five. Rest in peace. Not really. Did I leave anybody out or do you have somebody that you'd like to add for consideration? Well, my list is going to be very different than yours because I'm a fan of different teams than yours. Because it's your list. Yes. So I'm going to go a large portion of my, I think you hit some, a lot of good points. And so while some of your players, some of your people are on my list, like Marshat and Adolf Hitler, I'm going to go in a different direction. For me, number one is Luis Gonzalez. Um, because he got the hit off Mariner in 2001. Um, it was sort of a dinky hit. A lot of hits off Mariner tended to be. That was a um, line drive smash up the middle to center field. What are bullshit. you talking about? I, that was a frozen rope. Aunt. No, no, no. You're misremembering. Look it up in the but scorebook. Look it up in the scorebook. Have, it's a solid single to center. You know what? A dribble to first base is still a solid single in the scorebook. So that doesn't help any. But and grand scheme, Luis Gonzalez has done nothing wrong. But in 2001, after 9-11, I certainly was very heartbroken to lose the World Series. It's probably grand scheme, the game that a team I was a fan of lost, that was the most hurtful for me. But also in the grand scheme, let's be honest, it is sports. It is not life. And 9-11 is much worse of a day than losing a baseball game. Although I do think the baseball game loss did hurt at the time. I remember sitting on my couch and crying. It's one of the few games I've ever watched that actually brought me to tears in a negative way. So I put it in somewhat tongue in cheekly because like I said, grand scheme, it's really nothing, but um certainly not a fan. The next person I would like to add to that list is Alex Rodriguez. I can't stand him. I dislike him with a passion. He's a dirty, stinking, cheater, and piece of garbage, in my opinion. And while not the only steroid abuser to ever wear the Yankee pinstripes, in my opinion, he certainly sullied the pinstripes with all the crap he did and all the lying he did post that um, or throughout the process. So I have no love lost for him and do wish I would gladly give up the one title they won when he was on a team to have never had him in our uniform or the Yankees uniform. I'm, you know, but again, grand scheme, you know, it's there, there are so much worse things to worry about than those two sports people. Um, if I continue down sports, I could probably list a hundred more, but again, it's sports. And while important in the moment, in the grand scheme, there are more important things to worry about. You're still broken up about it, aren't you? Recency bias will go into my next one, which is perpetrators of school shootings. And I use that broadly because I can't comprehend wanting to go into a school, a college, a high school, a middle school, an elementary school, and want to shoot helpless, basically, people. Um, I understand it's not that black and white. I get that there are things that oftentimes push those people into feeling like they don't have another way to get past the bully or past the whatever. So I don't think it's a really simple issue. But broadly speaking, that is one that just really bothers me. And like I said, some of it may be recently biased, but grand scheme I'm just not okay with that idea. And I think we need to do better 
for those people that feel they're there. But again, that's a whole nother topic and that's politics, which we sort of try to stay away from. So those would be my three I would go with taking out Shot and Hitler, who would definitely have been in my list. John, you got anybody you want to add to that? Not really. I, um, we talked a little bit about in the in the uh, pre-show talk, but um, I couldn't come with anything anything that would be. Uh, I know we started going down kind of a dark path, so I, uh, you know, I was trying to think of people who might add some levity. Um, not even David Sampson. I, you know, it crossed my mind, but I was like, you know what? No, not really. I mean, I don't wish that guy. I don't wish you're just a, you're just a, you're just a good soul, John. You're just a good yeah, soul. No, I wouldn't go that far either. I've just. First of all, I did, probably didn't follow sports as closely growing up, so I didn't have any of those uh, deep-rooted, um, you know, feelings against somebody who who hit a home run against my team or, um, you know, something like that. So, for the sake of, I guess, expediting the uh, the pod, I'll, I'll just abstain. But uh, I'll, I'll leave it at this. Francis there, Suarez, there, who? Francis it's probably, Suarez. Yeah, in my in my book, they're all probably going to be war criminals or or politicians or stuff like that. So, um, and there's so many of those. So I'll just abstain, uh, but know that I hate a lot of people. All right. Well, we'll wrap up on this one. How about this? Well, we're gonna. There's no way to get dark on this. Top five comedians. I can go dark. <laughs> when, okay. Wednesday's show talked a little bit about comedians. Also talked about actors. Uh, in the interest of time, we're just going to do comedians this week. Maybe we'll save actors for another week. But I, Ant, why don't you go first with your top five list of comedians, if you've got it ready, and I'll come back with mine. I do. So for me, I've got a tie number one would be Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Um, I just loved, especially Carlin, I just loved the way he was eloquent with his words and would craft a story. It wasn't always a one-line joke. There was, you know, like his bit on baseball versus football. One you want to, you know, one's more military, one's more. He just, to me, he had really a way with words. And, and Pryor was just flat out hilarious. Carlin was too. But for me, those two are the top of the all-time comedians for me. Third is where I get controversial. Unfortunately, despite what has happened or what has come out, um, it's Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was funny, funny, funny as a comedian on the Cosby show, but even in his stand up, you know, he's bits like giving the kids chocolate cake for breakfast. Well, it's got flour, it's got eggs, it's got milk. It's, it's a perfectly healthy thing to give. And, you know, he's got the kids singing the song. Dad is great. He gives us chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. So, but a little controversy with everything that's come out. But if you just look at his comedy, he was a master. Four, again, another trailblazer I would go with would be Eddie Murphy. You listen back to some of his stuff and some of his stuff is controversial. It wasn't controversial at the time, but in retrospect, some of his bits about gays were not something that is anything but problematic. Even though in the moment, I'll be very honest and say I laughed about it because it was funny, in my opinion, as not being a part of that group. I didn't necessarily see, although even some of his bits that were attacking me, like the whole Italians and Rocky, I found extremely hilarious, even though I was somewhat the brother joke. I don't know. For me, Eddie Murphy, number five, and then uh, Eddie Murphy, number four, and then Seinfeld, number five. I really enjoy Seinfeld, A, the show, but even his comedy. I like his observation humor. 
um, in many ways is different than some of the other ones, although some of what him and Carlin did was similar, even though Carlin did his observation of humor more long form than necessary sort of short joke. Um, OLI for me, Chris Rock. I love him. I think he's hilarious. Ricky Gervais, another one I think is really good at what he does. I think he leans into stuff really well, especially when people get angry about something. You know, I, I recently I heard someone talking about did they have actually it was on a Levitas show when pa- when Perez Hilton was talking about where you're talking about comedians and they talked about Ricky Gervais and he's like, I don't necessarily have a problem with Ricky Gervais doing some of the jokes he's doing some of the, you know, L L <laughs> I'm going to screw up the acronym. LGBTQ. So gonna, well, I heard today LGBTQI plus or something that I was like, anyway, I'm going to try to avoid it because I'm not sure, but how he almost feels like Ricky Gervais does that joke just to sort of get a rise out of people necessarily versus maybe uh, others who may do it because they're sort of punching down a little bit. Um, but anyway, for me, those are my top five. And then two OLIs. All right. So we've got some similar, some, I cannot believe I left George Carlin off this. When you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I left, you know, Hank Aaron off the list of greatest home run hitters there. How did I do that? But I do have Richard Pryor. Uh, I have Gilbert Gottfried. Now I saw Gilbert Gottfried live. And so that really impacted me a lot. And uh, I was telling y'all beforehand uh, that I'd, lost a friend today and he was one of the guys that was at that concert with me and was actually the brunt of one of Gilbert Gottfried's bit. He was in, you know, reaching into the crowd and was basically dragging him into this bit. And it was very funny. Uh, I have Eddie Murphy at three and I agree with you. And I tried to watch delirious and I can't remember if it was delirious or raw. This was about, this was last year about this time. And I got two minutes in and I had to turn it off. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that this was, and again, it's it's all a product of the time. Back then, again, things were different. Sensibilities were different. The thing about Eddie Murphy, when he did do the, the homosexual jokes, he was doing it in a fashion to where he wanted gay people to laugh with him. That was the total tone of it. You can tell by the way that he did. I'm not excusing it. Again, it was a different time, but it wasn't it was an, it was an inclusionary. It's kind of like you said, when he was making fun of Italians, he wanted Italians to laugh. I thought that stuff was funny too. And that's, I would agree. Part of the genius. It wasn't doing it to isolate. And again, all of comedy is really supposed to be taking a caricature of, of a certain set of the population and, you know, be able to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And exaggerate, you know, like the whole bit of the person sitting on the top of a, of a truck going as the siren. That is really that's a funny bit going after sort of any group of people. It was just a step further because of, you know, what or how he portrayed that. You could do that against sort of others, other groups doing that. And it would be likely just as funny and slightly less problematic. But again, I don't need to sit here and back up for Eddie Murphy. So So number two, I have Steve Martin. And if you never listen to any of Steve Martin's very early, you know, he started out as a stand-up comedian. Uh, I would, I would say he's a prop comic. I would say that he is right near the top, if not the top of the most talented people of our generation. When you stop and think about it comedically, uh, he has done everything. He's done serious acting. He's done writing. He's got a Grammy for playing the banjo 
with yeah, he can um, do music too, the yeah. steel drivers he's got or when the steel drivers it was somebody else that's escaping me but he is again he's written he's he's done he's, i think he's got a tony award you know he's done a lot of stage acting. he has done so many different things he's even had a i think number one hit i don't know if, i think king tut the song it, i know it's certainly ch- top 40 chart an old song called king tut uh he was on saturday night live obviously and as Ch- uh, john pointed out he was also a prop comic very talented guy big fan Number one, I have Jerry Seinfeld. And again, a little bit has to do with that. I love the observational humor and the TV show just hit in my wheelhouse growing up. And it, you know, just that stage of life still, if it's on, I mean, it's on Comedy Central some, and if it's on, I'm, I'm going to be watching it or the office. And that's, that's about it. But those are my top five comedians. And John, I don't know if you've got anybody you want to add or if you've got your own list. I mean, you guys pretty much went through the kind of the history uh, we're all more or less the same age. So, so they're, they're going to be this overlaps. So rather than going, uh, I went a little off the board rather than going like the top five, uh, I'm going to go with kind of the five mem- most memorable ones for me because they were at different times of my life and they were, they weren't necessarily stuff. I watched uh, uh, them doing stand up, um, but they're, but they were, comedians that that then went and did uh um you know movies or tv shows and tv shows and movies made made a huge imprint on me growing up i think they shaped some of the movies and tv shows shaped some of my personality some of my quirks some of my you know mannerisms so i'm just going to go with the top five um uh five or six if you if you allow me uh, an extra one that that were that just stick when somebody says comedian they stick into my mind, notwithstanding, the, or not, not, not to mention the ones that you guys mentioned, which were all great, you know. But let's let's go with the, like the first one that kind of pops into my head is Rodney Dangerfield, you know. And and growing up watching all those uh, all those uh, Caddyshack, Doctor Vinnie Boombots, you know, and Easy Money, and all. And he was he was he was hysterical, and so that is like I said, is a lasting memory in my in my head. John, that's um, a great that's a great pull. That that is that is really top notch. Yeah, I mean, we we were trending old in this in this uh, in, first, in this pod. Just to interject at this moment, the first R movie I ever saw was Easy Money. We were traveling. My dad was a teacher. We used to travel all summer. My mom didn't work, so we'd get in a car and just drive. And we I forgot we were you know Motel Six or Days In or something low budget at that point. And my dad was watching it, and I could not stop. And my mom was so angry that my dad put the movie on and that I would not go to sleep because I was just so glued to watching <laughs> Easy Money. And I was like, you know, 12 or 11 or something totally not appropriate. I mean, not that the movie was necessarily that bad, you know, language or yeah, whatever but, wise, mm-hmm. but totally not appropriate for the age I was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Roddy is, yeah, great pull. As, as you know, then let's see. I'm trying to go in crown chronological order like when i was growing up and uh i would say the next one is probably going to be gallagher you know uh as a as a kid uh, um him smashing uh, smashing watermelons his jokes were 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 all right too they were pretty funny of course his shtick was the 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 big the big mallet and and the the watermelons and and ultimately started i think he was smashing all types of stuff and that that kind of odd hair where he was kind of uh you know bald bald you know he had how could how could we explain it to those he who, had a cul-de-sac uh, with a mullet 
That yeah. exact that that's the perfect way to say it. It's a cul-de-sac, so completely bald on top, and he just grew out the the. He had like a Jean-Luc Picard, uh, except he grew out the sides and the back, you know, to to his shoulders. Bozo um, the clown kind of vibes too. The what? Well, yeah, exactly right. And um, and was funny if, unless I got this wrong. But if I remember the history right, he and his brother. Uh, I don't know if they're twins or they look so so similar. He sold his act, I think, to his brother, or 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 at least let his brother take his act. And his brother was doing the Gallagher bit uh, as Gallagher. You know, it just kept on as Gallagher. I know they mentioned on the show that there was an, uh, a falling out. I, I don't know. Uh, 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 I can't remember about that, but I could have sworn I remember a story or hearing that it was first it was Gallagher and then somehow the brother went on and continued the, the, the shtick as Gallagher. Do you guys know anything about that? No, just that it vibes of the Conseco brothers there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so, you know, and, and I don't think many people knew the difference. The guy was smashing watermelons just like his brother. Very little difference there. That guy, I remember watching two or three specials as a kid. Next one, I think in chron- chronological order, I'm going to say Gary Shandling. Um, the Gary, the the um, what was what was the name of that show? No, Gary Shandling show. Shandling show? No, no, the Larry Sanders show. I think Larry was, Sanders show. Yeah, the Larry Sanders. Although he his Gary Shandling show was very funny too, where he played kind of like um, it was uh, where they broke the fourth wall. I think is it the third or the fourth wall where they kind of um, break that barrier between you and the, uh, and the viewer, they would, you know, he would be talking or, or doing a monologue to the viewer uh, in the middle of the show. So, and, but the Larry Sanders show is the one Gary Shandling show was great. Larry Shandling, the Larry Sanders show also great and, and left a lasting impression with me. The other ones, and like I said, you guys mentioned the the, the big heavy hitters, so I'm not going to go. But the OLI that that someone mentioned was Chris Rock. You know, Chris Rock gave I would say probably the the Eddie Murphy of of that era in the way he he did his stand up and the way he could capture the crowd and and, and he was very funny. So Chris Rock, uh, his, his stuff was was always always on point, always funny, and I I do remember uh, the stand ups that that he would do and. And, you know, his finger and how, how uh, he would always, uh, you know, how he would use that hand when he was talking about it. And then I, I think I'm going to go, even though it's it's not uh, popular, well, he's still popular, but but he's fallen out of favor because of all the LGBTQ plus uh, or it's more transgendered uh, stuff he's making is Chappelle. So Chappelle takes me up into kind of my adult, early in my adulthood when he was doing the Chappelle show. And even before that with Half-Baked and stuff. But the Chappelle show was was so hysterical, so funny. And uh, although I don't really listen to him anymore and watch him, even if he's funny, I don't care how funny it is. I think it's very easy to to pick on marginalized people. I think it's very easy to do the jokes about people that are like, hurtful or something like that for me that's the base form of comedy and you lose going forward you lose you lose me and you lose my respect there but the stuff that he was doing you know for those like 15 years more than 15 years ago i guess it was like 20 years ago or but in that time frame that is very funny uh stuff and still sticks with me and and lots of my when i'm replying to people on twitter with gifs um, um i'm sometimes hitting them with with stuff from the Chappelle show or things like that. So, and then, you know, uh, rest in peace and really rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, some of his movies, the stuff he did on SNL, 
he might be the the OLI for me. But, uh, but anyways, that's my kind of most memorable, not the Mount Rushmore, not the greatest and best, but the ones that at least for me are most memorable for me growing up. So two names I'd like to add, um, given what you talked about and the way you talked about it, John. For me, one that's a little before my time and one that sort of hits my sweet spot. The first one would be John Belushi, who I thought was just absolutely hilarious in a lot of stuff he did. Now, also a lot of stuff he did was before my time, or at least some of his really good stuff was before my time, and I can go back and watch it. But him, for me, is someone I really enjoyed. I like the physical comedy he did. Um, which will also carry into the next person we'll talk about. But uh, to me, Belushi, like, like Bruce Brothers is one of my favorite all-time movies. It's just so hilarious. And he just seemed, as many people in comedy seem to fight, they fight demons. Um, and unfortunately, the demons won when it comes to John Can- uh, when it comes to John Belushi. The next guy I want to talk about is Chris Farley, another sort of physical comedy person his stuff on snl living in a van by the river taking his belt back and forth and swinging his arms and just a lot of stuff that he did again two comedians that i didn't first think of because some of their life was sort of their 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 lives were cut short and then a third one and i'll just summarize and saying rest in peace to all three of these people would also be robin williams another person who seemed to fight a lot of demons but seemed to be really funny in movies Mrs. Doubtfire, Patch Adams, a lot of different stuff that he did where he, even in Jumanji, he was funny in a lot of the stuff he did, even though that wasn't necessarily a comedy like, you know, some of the other movies he was at. And his stand up was always, you know, really top quality. All right. Before we get out of here, I got, since we're adding people, I'm going to add two more very quickly. Voice related, Joe Piscopo who was good for a very short period of time, but just loved the voice acting and Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman mm-hmm. to me was one of the, uh, again, could just do anything with that voice. And Phil Hartman was taken from us far too soon, but we'll just, we'll leave it at that. And uh, I know we, we've done a good job. See, I, we didn't have to go dark with comedians. A lot of good names. Well, came up. A lot of Cosby, good, good job, Cosby's guys. a little problematic. Great. great I would job. just like to add, as far as who Hartman goes, he was great to voice, but he was also good when you physically saw him because his preppy look so much contrasted with a lot of stuff he was saying and doing. And that to me was one of the things that was really just great about him that he was like, if you just saw him, you would think this guy's going to be funny. And then he would be really funny. And you'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I think a top five comedians list is hard to make because there are so many people and all of us can have different sets of of what we like in the way, you know, we view humor. Uh and, um, and get ready to get tomato cans thrown at us because we have named so many people. We haven't named a single female. So way to go. Mm-hmm. Medi- you know, what? That, Me- that mediocre was- white guys can fall into that trap. And we did tonight. Yeah. That Hartman one was, was one that, uh, again, I mentioned like TVs made an impression on me, TV shows, uh, news radio for me was, is still one of the best shows ever. And, and Phil Hartman was so good in that, as were all everybody else. I hate to say it, but even Joe Rogan was good on that on that show before he, you know, that was before he went off, uh, you know, the deep end. But everybody on that show was fantastic, and um, and Phil Hartman, yeah, that that escaped me. But that show definitely left an impact on me. And I can't remember the female the female actor, Maura Tierney. Um, yeah, I had the biggest crush on her doing watching that show. I couldn't believe it. Dave Foley, Stephen Root, who's had a great career, 
and Andy Dick. And that, that is, that is a pretty strong cast. I'm leaving somebody out that I can't remember, but that's uh you just take those. And that's a pretty good lineup. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause that, that, those are fond memories. I don't necessarily have a topic, but I do have, I did want to mention that I'll be heading out tomorrow uh, for those who listen tomorrow, um, it'll be this Thursday to the Marlins Giants game where they're raising money for ALS. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to hang a little bit with, with some of the crew from, from the show, uh, watch watch a baseball game, which I haven't done in probably three, three years, um, live anyways, and raise some money. So th- that's going to be a fun time. If anybody is within my voice and is going, uh, Come say hi. It'd be uh, cool to chat and and uh, you know talk to some people who like the the Libertard show as much as I do. All right, good shout out, John. I think uh, the ALS uh, game is going to be great. It's it's always nice that the show seems to really enjoy giving back to ALS and to other charities. I mean, obviously, there's the connection there with Kate and her father, and we've done some stuff with Hats in the past. Um, with our boy Lou and you know I think it's a good thing that we all could sort of do so but we're going to wrap it up here quick around the horn Mayor where can we find you on socials hey find me on Twitter um, at Santini Matt and Johnny how about you at Burger Beast alright and I'm Ant at Stato on Twitter it's I uh, hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you like what you do rate subscribe review unsubscribe re-rate re-review etc And if you need anything from our boy Lou, check out shop.loweraftahours.com. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.